Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 achievers growing our lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Thanks to Soul for supporting Earn Your Happy. Soul is dedicated to the pursuit of relief and better living powered by CBD. From yummy gummies to tasty tinctures, Soul has everything you need to reduce your anxiety and stress so you can live life more present. Go to mysoulcbd.com and use code Lori for 15% off your order. Don't point the finger. Like if this is something where you've collectively agreed that your business is like, you know, the priority and you see that their behavior is getting in the way of your goal, sit them down and reiterate the goal. Welcome back to the show. Today on the show, I have one of my favorite humans, Lisa Bilyeu. She co-founded Quest Nutrition, which grew 57,000% in its first three years. You guys, that's insane. She's also the co-founder and president of Impact Theory Studios. And I can tell you, 
you can learn a thing or 10,000 from this woman. She truly is one of those people who, when you see her online, she is more generous and more incredible in person. And I just love having conversations with her. If you don't follow her on Instagram yet, I mean, what are we even waiting for? Because it is so much fun because she shares so much incredible advice on boundaries, relationships, work, but it is like real. It like hits you between the eyes. And today is no different because her and I really, really open up about our relationships with our significant others and how we've had to learn how to communicate through the years and the truth about where we were at the beginning of our relationships and what that actually looked like working through all of the challenges. You guys, I think you're going to have a blast listening to just all of the things that used to go down that weren't awesome in our relationships and communication. And I know you're going to love it. So let's get into the show. And did I mention that she is also on the Growth Day podcast network with me? So hopefully we'll be collaborating a lot in the future. And I know you're going to love her as much as I do. Let's get started. Lisa, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Oh my God, Laurie, thanks for having me, homie. I think some of my favorite parts are like our pre-conversation of catching up in all of life and trying to plan when we can get together. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's our preamble before we start recording. Like, when are we going to hang out? When are we going to have dinner? Let's have a double date. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, if you don't know Lisa and Tom, first of all, you literally have to go follow both of them. Your posts are so much fun, especially when you're posting about working with each other and partnership and love and dating, all of the things just around being partners. And this is going to be such a fun conversation today, not only for you guys listening, but for me, because it's one of my favorite things to talk about. Because whether you are in a partnership or not, this truly, I believe, can really cross over into just relationships in general with people. I find that even if you're like, well, I don't have a partner, I'm not dating someone, or I I don't work with my partner. Okay, this is like, you do actually work with your partner if you have one, because you're working through life together. Like it is a life partnership. But specifically today, we are going to talk a bit about working together. So Lisa, I want to know, When did you and Tom even start working together? What did that look like? What were you doing? What was he doing? And how did that come together? Yeah, I'm so glad we're diving deep because like you said, I think relationships is a massive key for everybody. And then more and more people are working together. And if you're unable to navigate it, it can actually end in divorce. And so Tom and I going into it, were very aware that we had to be on top of it and address issues as they came. Mm. But we were kind of thrown into the situation, I would say, as I was a stay-at-home wife for eight years. I was supporting Tom from a home perspective. I was putting clothes out for him. I was cooking for him every day. And then he came home one day, wanted to start a new company with his business partners. It was a little protein bar company called Quest Nutrition. (laughs) And so me as the supportive wife, just to give some background, is I jumped in and I was like, oh, babe, how can I help? Like, oh, you need me to ship some bars? I can do that. And because him and his business partners were so focused on trying to get out of their current tech company and then transition full-time into Quest, Quest was just the side hustle. And I was the one that was available to do anything and everything. And because our house was on the line, anytime I faced something that I didn't know how to do, I had a choice. I had to choose between, do you want to lose the house or do you actually want to figure it out? 
So in my evolution of figuring it out, I went from helping the husband. We grew at 57,000%. We were the second fastest growing company in North America and within three years. And we went from zero to a billion dollars in five years. So just to give people a glimpse of the trajectory of how quickly we grew. So in that growth, I went from just helping the husband to, oh, this is actually developing this part of the business. I started to really grow our shipping department. And as I was growing our shipping department, I realized, oh, Tom's officially my boss. Like (laughs) I wasn't even like on paper, sure, we were business partners and his business partners, like we all had equity. But from a hierarchy in the department, Tom was the president of the company and I was head of our shipping department. So that was the very first thing of having to assess, oh, I actually do officially my title and your title dictates that you are my boss. And we have to address that because if I went in going, you're not my boss, I'm an equal, but I run the shipping department, but you also have to answer to me, it wouldn't have worked. So we had to, from the very, very first get-go is agree. The goal is for the business to succeed. This isn't about ego. So if we agree that the business succeed is our North Star, if that means that my role is by working underneath him, then that's what I need to do. And so that was the very first, I have to put my ego aside. This isn't about me feeling good about myself. This is about growing the company. And you have to have that discussion ahead of time. Now, what does that actually look like? You have to define roles. You have to actually say, I'm responsible for X, Y, and Z. You are responsible for X, Y, and Z. Now, because Tom was officially my boss at the time, as I was growing into the department, I didn't really know what I was doing. And so as I was starting to learn and we were growing so quickly, you can understand the company got ahead of me before my skill sets were refined enough for me to be able to adequately run a department. So in those moments where I didn't feel equipped and the department was growing too quickly, I turned to Tom and I was very honest. And I said, because our goal is to succeed, you have my permission to be honest with me. If I'm not fulfilling my role, you have my permission to either fire me, hire above me or demote me. And I actually said those words to him because I needed him to know that no way in in any shape or form that my ego was going to come before the company's success. Mm. Now, his response was, thank you for that. He goes, but the great news is, babe, I've promised my wife I will always provide for her. And so if you're getting in the way of my promise to my wife, because you're not good at your job, I absolutely will be honest with you. So that was the first key of just being open about how transparent you can be so that when, imagine he came to me, Laurie, and was like, hey, you're doing a really bad job. And Mm. all I cared about was my ego. You can imagine now I'm a bad business partner. Now I actually don't adapt. I don't grow. I don't improve. I'm just protecting my ego. And what happens is that has a knock-on effect and your company doesn't succeed. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is such a good conversation. Lisa, I'm literally, you're making me think of all the points that we had to get to like that we went through and we did the exact same thing. Like we struggled in the beginning. Trust me, you guys figured it out faster than we did. But the defining roles thing is so important. And what are you good at, right? Like sometimes we try, (laughs) Chris and I, literally my ego initially took over and I didn't even realize it was ego. It's like I needed validation so bad (laughs) that when he came into my business, 
he was so good with, you know, certain roles in the business. He was so good with coaching and I was better with recruiting. Like I was so much better with getting attention on the business and recruiting. And I felt like I needed to be the coach too, though. I wanted credit for being the coach, the recruiter, all of the things. And that was one of the hardest realizations for me is, oh my God, I'm the bottleneck of this company because I'm trying to do something I'm not good at just so people can tell me I'm good at it. And I'm I'm also this and that, and I'm doing it all. Because in the beginning, I thought that women had to do it all. Remember mm-hmm. that story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember that story. We were told time and time again. Um, That is so powerful. And that's like, it's you're protecting your ego, right? Finding the validation. So I think there's multiple things here. It's where else can you find your validation? It's Mm. like acknowledging it is super freaking powerful saying, oh, I'm trapped here because I'm getting, oh, I want to do this because I think I'm going to get the validation from it. Cool. Just admit it and go, that's just part of my personality. Now, how can I actually pivot that validation and be proud of myself in a different way? So maybe your validation comes from being able to recognize what you're bad at. Yeah, you know, you know, what's interesting is it did kind of pivot into that. It evolved into that. And now I Mm -hmm. actually, I take so much pride in sharing what I'm not good at right away because that allows me to find the people who are good at it. Um, Mm -hmm. so it really has become very interesting. Okay. So, so Tom is at the place where he's like, I promise I'll tell you, you were very open to it. So what you were explaining made me realize you also immediately, you detached your identity from the business. Mm -hmm. You were kind of like, okay, I will show up like this. I just want to be the best over here. But our marriage, you had a separate conversation about your marriage and who you were as people existing outside of the business. How did you guys not especially him, actually. Sorry, I have a million questions right now. How did both (laughs) of you not take on those like identity roles right away within the business and allow them to come into your marriage at that point? Oh, we did. We did. Yeah. So, well, more me, if I'm going to be honest. So, (laughs) So because I was the stay at home wife for eight years, I, going back to validation, even though I hated it, I was getting validation for being an amazing Greek wife. So when I look back of why the hell didn't I speak up for eight years that I was miserable, I didn't tell my husband, it was because I think subconsciously part of me was getting a lot of validation and that made me feel good about myself. So even though the day-to-day activities were like literally a slow death, I call it, it's still, I got enough validation from it that it kept me there. Yes. So as I started to pivot into becoming an entrepreneur running the shipping department, I was worried actually about where I'd get my validation from if I failed at running the shipping department. Mm. So that's why going back to a point of we try to do everything. Why do we try and do everything? Because I would, at least for me, I was scared to let go of the thing that I knew made me feel good about myself in case the thing that I was moving towards would fail. Mm. And so when I started to pivot and started to build out our shipping department, I was so gung-ho to succeed. I was willing to do what it took. Now, in that, because we were growing so quickly, we ended up having our very first facility was on the outskirts of Compton. And my husband grew up where he big brothered for an inner city kid. And so it was very important to him to help people in the inner cities. And so for us, when we started quest and we had our first facility, we put out basically the call on the streets, if you will, and said, we don't care if you've got a criminal background. We literally don't care where you came from. We don't care your past. If you come into the business and you're willing to work hard, like who you were doesn't dictate who you are today and what you can do. So we don't care if you've got a criminal record, come and apply for the job. If you're willing to work hard, we'll hire you. And so now, 
we're hiring a lot of ex-convicts that are like six foot, massive dudes that now come and work in my department. Now, I'm five foot one and I have a British accent. So sometimes it's kind of hard for people to take you seriously as a, and I'm female. So let's just be honest, right? The juxtaposition, whether I liked it or not, I gave every signal that I could be pushed around. And because it was our company, because our house was on the line, I knew I had to adopt a harder mindset, a harder backbone in order to show up and not get pushed around. Now, as I started to do that, as I started to get harder and stand my ground and really develop strength and resilience, I was bringing that home. Mm. And now over time, the soft, squishy wife that I actually love to be, I started getting harder and I didn't realize it. Mm. And it got to the point where I came home one day and Tom and I had this discussion and I completely dismissed him. And he said, babe, I need to be honest with you. I understand why you've developed resiliency. I understand why you've, he didn't use these words, but these are the words we're using in today's society, stepping into your masculine. He said, I get it. And I support you. You're developing who you are. But at the same time, you're no longer being a feminine wife. You're no longer bringing that softness to the relationship. And this is something that I loved about you. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so instead of dismissing him, instead of saying, well, this is who I am and like it and or lump it, I actually heard him out because I think you need to do that in a relationship. And I said, okay, what is he seeing? I was like, it's because I'm being dismissive. I'm no longer becoming empathetic towards him. Like all, all these traits that I actually loved about myself, I was losing because I was so focused on being a strong badass at work. And so giving each other the space to be honest with each other about what we're not liking through this evolution was absolutely imperative. It was something that we spoke about from the get-go because you need to give yourself, give your partner permission to be bringing these things to the table for the greater good of your relationship. And so that was then where we had to navigate, where I said, okay, I totally hear you. Give me space to figure out how I can navigate both. And I came up with tactics and ways that I could be a badass at work. So one of the things is my hair. I listened to hardcore rap music as I was going into work, right? Like building up my strength and my badassery. And then on the other <laughs> side of it, as I was coming home, before I would get all cuddly, I feel like I'm all knotted up. I feel like I'm right. like, you know, when you're hitting a brick wall and people are coming to you time and time again, like you do build this resilience. So I said, just like I suit up for the day, to be a badass with my jewelry, my hair, and my music. What if I did the opposite? And so I created this ritual, if you will, where I would come home before I would even say hi to him or kiss him or anything. I would unravel. Unravel, that sounds like I was like falling apart. I would unwrap myself. And that meant I would tie my hair up. I would take my jewelry off. I would put and you know me, Laurie, so you know I'm actually telling the truth. I would put on fluffy Wonder Woman pajama bottoms <laughs> right? and like really lean into my softness, give myself that time so that I can transition. And then I would go up to him and I'd be like, baby, and I would jump in his arms, sit on his lap and love that type of side of me. Mm-hmm. But that was a long way of saying it wasn't easy. We had to be honest with each other. We had to navigate it. We had to talk about it. We had to be transparent. And the other thing that I was transparent of is, babe, I'm never going to go back to being that full-time, soft, squishy wife that actually isn't building her self-esteem, that isn't building her worth. Like I found myself and I'm going to stay on this path. And he was totally supportive over that. So Mm. navigating the two And not just saying, well, I'm going to give this up. It's super important. And then coming up with tactics. So it's not just, I want to, it's, I have a way to. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. A million percent. Had to do the same exact type of shift. Had to take the time once I get home to be like, okay, you're dropping in to somebody else. And actually it was really interesting because working from home was like, how do we separate the day? Mm-hmm. So for us, our our walk is the the turnoff time of we're leaving our business people behind. And now we're not that you can't talk about business after that, because sometimes it creeps in, right? But I'm letting go of that like hard driver. And now I'm like softening through this walk. And then when we get home, it's like I'm a different person. If I don't have a separator, it is very hard for me to transition. And like, oh my God, he would come up to me in the middle of working and like rub my shoulders or kiss me on the cheek. And I was like, "Ah!" like it felt so wrong because I am in a different mode. I'm like, it was almost, this is, I'm sure you can understand this. It'd be like if he came up to you in the shipping department and kissed you in front of everyone. You'd be like, what are you doing? Like I am in business mode right now. And so we had to like learn and that number one, I'm like, I'm not trying to offend you. I absolutely love you. I'm just, an, I'm a different person right now in order for me to do what needs to get done. I had to have that physical separator. So I love that you created a ritual and are sharing that with people because I do think it has to be something physical, actually physical separator in order to do that. Oh my God. Okay, so my question for you guys, as if he's here right now, you can answer for him. <laughs> I can answer for him. Yeah, I was going to say, whatever you say is right. He's not here, so. Exactly, there you go. <laughs> so for the two of you, how do you approach conversations without someone's defenses being up? Because I think there's going to be people listening who are like, yeah, I'd love to have this conversation with my husband or I'd love to have this conversation with my wife, but I'm just not sure it's going to be received well. Okay, it's definitely nuanced. So there's things like when you catching them, right? We all know that at the time of day, it makes a difference. And even just understanding you as a female, so any females listening, right? You have a cycle. In that cycle, there were moments that it's actually great for you to be confident like you have it I, I actually can't remember what part of your cycle I think it's like right after your cycle like the, the beginning I think anyway the point being is that there are moments where in fact just before you ovulate that's actually when you shouldn't be doing anything that requires a lot of confidence that needs a lot of strength that needs a lot of energy but there are moments that after that you actually are heightened you have more strength you have more energy you have more resilience so knowing that for yourself is going to be absolutely key like don't have the conversation when you know you're going to be emotional that's the truth like if you know guys that you're coming on your period and you know that you get emotionally do not have this just know thyself like don't judge yourself just know thyself Mm -hmm. because if you go into that conversation knowing that you may get emotional set yourself up for success and do it at time where you can at least predict you may be able to be more emotionally sober is like how Mm -hmm. I like to call it Mm -hmm. so that's just as a female know it and if a guy is listening make sure that you do it like have that discussion with your wife when she's not getting in that emotional state and then doing it when you're having actually to be honest good moments like really having a healthy moment between you is the time to bring it up because the defenses are going to be the lowest then also don't point the finger Mm. like if this is something where you've collectively agreed that your business is like you know the priority and you see that their behavior is getting in the way of your goal sit them down and reiterate the goal so start there and go oh okay you know hey babe would love to chat to you you know I know that 
we've said that this is the goal. I'd actually love to bring something up. You're so amazing at, right? And like people joke about the shit sandwich, but it works. And the reason being is you need people to not hear the negative because as humans, we're naturally inclined to focus on the freaking negative. And so it makes a difference if you start with what you're proud of, what you're excited about, the great things. And then saying this one little thing that I would really love to address. And I also want to hear from you because let me tell you, you're not perfect either. Yes. <laughs> and the chances are they probably are holding on to something that they want to tell you. So <laughs> yep. in fact, that's actually probably the best way to start. It's like, babe, we've assessed this goal. It's been a while since we've actually sat down. I really want to hear what are the things that you feel I need to improve on and you actually have to be willing to hear the answer. Now, yeah. when you set yourself up like that and you respond, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm really going to work on this now. Then you can then reciprocate and hope that that person also is aligned and wants to hear the truth. This isn't a point in the finger. This isn't a, hey, you're screwing up. It's a, this is an issue. Is this something I can help you with? Or is this something you need to do on your own? So giving them the grace to give them space to voice that maybe they're struggling is also another thing. Hey guys, I have a question for you. It's that time of year where we already have a busy to-do list and we're going to add 20 extra things a day because it's the holiday season. So if you've been feeling like me, it is time to try Soul CBD gummies. Specifically for me, I'm obsessed with the sleepy gummies. But if you have anxiety, you need to relax at night, or if you want more energy or you're struggling with some of your period symptoms, they have gummies for everything, you guys. I've personally been using the sleepy gummies like crazy between all my travel and speaking engagements on top of all the holiday stuff, they've been such a lifesaver for me. Soul CBD gummies are the perfect stocking stuffer and truly the gift that keeps on giving. They're so much fun, you guys. I've given these as gifts. I'm going to again this year and people love them. Did I mention the bath bombs? Because those are so freaking cute. As you know, my friends at Soul CBD have given us a discount code for 15% off your order. So you can either click the link in the show notes or you can go to My Soul CBD and use my code Lori at checkout. That's mysoulcbd.com and use code Lori at checkout. Hey y'all, I'm so excited to share with you that this podcast, Earn Your Happy, is now a part of the Growth Day Podcast Network. Truly, this is like one of the most exciting things that has ever happened to me. I'm telling you, I no longer feel like I'm doing this alone and I actually get to collaborate with the people who host the podcast that I'm obsessed with, like that I have been listening to myself, who inspired me to start a podcast, who have taught me about how to go and do the thing, like the original people who got me motivated through listening to their podcasts. You guys, a bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and to support shows and brands that we believe in. And one of my friends are also on this network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to their show. You guys, I just had Danielle Canty on of the Boss Babe podcast. She co-hosts it with her other amazing co-host and one of my friends, Natalie Ellis. You guys, you can go check out that podcast on mine. It's episode 925 and Danielle and I talk all about burnout and how that could be showing 
coming up in your life, and most importantly, how to prevent it. But I want to tell you, if you have not gone and checked out the Boss Babe podcast yet, go subscribe because it is one of the largest online communities for ambitious women and female entrepreneurs. And I know that if you're listening to the show, chances are that's probably you. You guys, they have 3.6 million followers and 380,000 subscribers. The Boss Babe podcast is the place where they share real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. Most of all, you guys, truly, these women are in my life. Danielle and Natalie are people that I text on a weekly, monthly basis when I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel stuck. What should I do? I tune into their podcast, you guys, to learn. Even though they're my friends, I am still like crazy obsessed with this podcast because I learn something new every single time I listen. It makes me be a better podcaster. It makes me be a better businesswoman. It just makes me be better and more confident out in the world because they're so real and raw. And I can tell you that in the moments where I have had horrible days, down days, I've either gone and listened to this podcast or I've texted them because these are the people who truly get it. You want to listen to the people who are walking in the same footsteps that you are. You guys go check out the boss babe podcast you're not going to be sorry and it's just gonna like make you way smarter and you're gonna have way more fun so go check it out okay so let's talk about some more of the breakdowns or the things that you think should be thought about or implemented from the beginning so we went over defining roles We've talked about kind of how to approach the conversation and when and what that what that could look like. What are some of the other breakdowns or things that we should be aware of? Okay, so I love this because there's so many nuances to even the defining roles. Yeah. And this means that having that conversation means who has the credibility. Mm. And I, we even use that word. We sit down and we say, who has the credibility in this area? So let's just take impact theory as an idea. So we have multiple avenues in our company. We've got YouTube, podcasts, our impact theory university, and our web three are pretty much our main buckets in our company. So we say, who has the credibility in these areas? For me, because my background and I've been behind the scenes a lot more, I have the credibility on the content creation side, on the YouTube, on the podcast that has I've been studying it way longer than Tom has because Mm -hmm. he's been in front of the camera for a lot of the time. So we sat down and we said, I have credibility in YouTube and podcasts. Do we agree? And if the answer is yes, great. Then you write that down. So now what does that actually mean? This means that in any scenario, if an issue comes up in the company and I make a decision and he disagrees with me, we've already agreed that I will hear him out. So he, he has every right to tell me he disagrees. He has every right to try and persuade me. But if at the end, I still disagree with him, I have the credibility to make the decision. Mm. And we use the words, even the language we use. I even say, I've heard you, but I still think my way is the right way. So we are going Mm. to proceed. Now, as a a pinky swore that we've done is if that happens, the other person must reciprocate with these words. Okay, I disagree, but I commit. Now, what that commit does is, you know, Laurie, how many people would be like, all right, fine. And then they sit in the corner and they're just waiting for you to fail. And they can't wait for you to fail because they can't wait to say, I told you so. Mm -hmm. Now, let's be honest. Does that help your company to succeed or not? 
If your yeah. partner is sitting in the corner waiting for you not to succeed. No, it doesn't, right? It'll, so it'll get in your head too. It just will. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what you need in a partner is support, even mm -hmm. if they think the decision you're making isn't going to be the right one. You need support. And so we just agreed, do we support each other in service of our bigger goal? Yes or no? Great. Do we agree you're the expert at this? Yes or no? Amazing. Now, every time, and this actually happened, Laurie. So it was right before COVID. We had this big meeting. There's like 25 of us at the time, all sitting around. Tom makes this decision. And I speak up and I say, I disagree. Now, this is in front of our team. And I said, actually, I disagree. And here's why. And he was like, nope, I still don't agree with you. And I was like, yeah, but you're not listening, right? And so it starts to get a little heated because I'm like, he's not Great. hearing my message. So I'm now being forceful. And eventually he said the words that we agreed on. I've heard you, but I disagree. We're moving forward with my idea. Now, in that moment, you can imagine, I feel embarrassed. Mm -hmm. It stings. I think he's making a stupid mistake, if I'm going to be honest. But we'd already previously agreed of how we were going to handle it. Mm -hmm. So in that moment of feeling the sting, getting my emotions all rattled up, you know, when you can feel that boiling, like that your face is going red and you're feeling yep. that boiling. I was feeling all those feels. But in that moment where once upon a time, I think we probably would have butted head and that argument would have gone on for hours and hours and hours. And I would have gone, fine, do it your way then. Because we had agreed, in that moment, I reminded myself of the agreement and I turned around and I said, okay, I disagree, but I commit. And even mm -hmm. in saying those words made me actually commit. And I said, all right, what, what is it going to take to succeed now? And now I've shifted my mind from not sitting in the corner waiting for you to fail, but I'm like, all right, I've committed. So this better bloody work. What can <laughs> I do to show up to help this work? Mm-hmm. Oh God, this is so good. So anybody listening with a partner, without a partner, you guys, we just actually, Lisa, I love this. We did this in a, in a, a recent team meeting of talking about, okay, well, having a CEO means that is the final choice. And it means to have a cohesive team. Like you have to agree that someone's going to have the final say in this arena. So in each that, even if you don't agree with what's being said after throwing out a bunch of ideas, it's kind of like, well, that's the final decision. And even if you don't like it, we're all going to get on board and we're going to be behind it. We're going to push it forward because this is going to happen over and over. And this is what could really stall a team. And ultimately, it's the most important team of your or your lifetime is, is your partner. And deciding, essentially, all you did was decide in what arena is who gets to be the CEO. <laughs> I love that it's so much. And you know, what else I heard that I loved is... Chris and I have used, I don't remember who who told me about it. Maybe it was even you guys. But it's like, if there's a topic that is really important to someone and it's like, somebody needs to win this battle, whatever it is. Like maybe it's just even talking about going home for the holidays or not wanting to go to a certain parent's house for the holidays because of how it makes them feel or whatever it is. It's kind of like on a scale of one to 10, how important is this fight to you that you win it essentially? How important is it that you win? And, you know, someone might be like, well, this is like an eight for me. And the person's like, this is a 10 for me. Like, I, I'm not going to be able to get over this. So you kind of let these moments like that win, like deciding who does this really mean more to, like who needs it more? And can you support that person who needs it more? Yeah. It's, so Tom and I use the word important. And that is something we probably say maybe three times a year, maybe four. And so it basically, we've defined what that means. So that's also another thing is don't expect somebody else to be in your head. So you have to define terms. Like literally Tom and I have like this 
mini little dictionary that really does define our terms. That when you say this, it means this. Because, right, if you say to someone, you know, this is important to me, to you, Laurie, it may be like, oh, okay, a thousand things are important, so eh, whatever. But if you know Lisa Billu only says the word important three times in a year, and I've said it to you, Laurie, but you ignoring it, I feel so dismissed because that word means it carries so much weight with me. Mm. So that's why it's important to define terms because you or your partner can be using words that don't mean the same thing to you. Mm. So for mm-hmm. us, the word important was, this is sacred. Do we agree? Yes. Yes. So if I say the word important, that means you drop everything. And in our entire 20 year marriage, we've been together for 22 years. Only once have we both said something's important at the same time. Wow. So I was basically like, hey, this is really important to me. So he was traveling. We were going through a very, very difficult time, not in our relationship, but in business. And I said, it's, it's important you stay. And he said, baby, it's important I go. Mm, wow. And now how do you handle what the first time in literally 22 years, how do you handle that? And so in that moment, well, it was the first time we ever clashed because we've never clashed before. I said, okay, explain to me why it's important to you. And I'll explain to you why it's important to me. And so I said to him, babe, it's important to me because I need support right now. I really need someone. I feel weak. I need you to be here for me. And so that's why it's important. Mm-hmm. And he said, I need to go because this is my identity. And if I don't go, I don't know who I am fundamentally because this doesn't align with the person I say I am. And I was like, God damn. I was like, all right, that's, that actually carries more weight than me yeah. feeling alone. Like it really does. And the fact that yeah. we were very open about it, I said, okay, this isn't an identity thing for me. This is, I feel a little weak, but maybe this is actually great because now I've identified something that's weak in me and I need to build up my own strength within myself and not have you as my safety net, even though I think it's important that your partners are. But maybe this is actually something that I can get better at. And maybe this is a great thing that now I've seen that this is something I can evolve in, but you are literally conflicting with your identity. I won't be a part of that. So I support Mm. you. But the final thing, Laurie, is I know thyself. And I knew I also had to process, though, still feeling alone. Because if I didn't, you want to know, like, resentment and contempt are, like, the two things that I think will create any divorce. And I mm. met, like, it is resentment and contempt in your partner. So in that moment where I was like, this is the moment that if I hold on to it, five or ten years from now, it's going to come out in a massive argument and there's no turning back. Oh, man. I mean, that brought up a lot for me because, you know, Chris and I have been together almost 18 years. I mean, technically 21 years. (laughs) I think you guys have been together a really long time as well. You know, so there's been a lot of moments that you've had before these, you guys are listening to these incredible conversations and communication right now, but it it was built off of not having incredible conversations. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I, I think the resentment thing, right as you were saying that when he was like, this is my identity, like I need to go and do this so that it, you know, or, or it doesn't align. It's like, Oh my gosh, the the feeling that I had was so visceral around like, oh, well, I don't want to ever get in the way of my partner not being who they came here to be. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, I literally think that if we can support each other, ultimately, if that's like the ultimate support, like I watch you and Tom do for each other, like 
truly you support each other in the humans that you came here to be. And that that might require being uncomfortable sometimes, right? Or or learning these. This is this is not an easy thing to do, what you're teaching and, and what you have to learn. This new communicate, it's a whole new world of communication. But man, the blessings are rich on the other side. That is so interesting. I love this. Okay. So language. It's yeah, like defining terms. Lang- yeah. Okay. Let me just give you a silly little example for like, for instance, just even behavior, right? So even if as you show up in your business or as you show up in your relationship, you're going to perceive something based on your frame of reference. Mm, and so yes. everything is about your own frame of reference that you put onto other people. So perfect example is the very first time Tom met my family. So I'm Greek. I come from a very, very loud Greek, boisterous family. In fact, most of them are. So Tom comes in, he meets my family and we leave and I'm like, oh, they're amazing. And he's like, they're so rude. I was like, what? <laughs> I was what? I was horror. He was like, your family, your dad is so rude. And I was like, what the hell? He's like, babe. He's like, everyone was talking over each other. Your dad asked me a question. He doesn't listen. And, and so he starts saying all these things that he perceived as disrespectful and rude. I was like, oh no, that means they've welcomed you into the family. That means that they, they literally just think of you as one of us. And so of course they're going to talk over you. So frame of reference, Tom mm. comes from a family where you wait for someone to stop talking. And if you don't, it's disrespectful. But my frame of reference is you're one of us. If we don't even think twice, if we cut you off and speak over you, that means that you've, you're in the family. Mm-hmm. And so think about that with your partner. Think about how you show up every day in every little way where your partner may throw their socks on the floor. And now you perceive that as total disrespect because you've <laughs> yes. spent the last three hours cleaning and they come home and they take their bloody socks off. But maybe from there, perspective taking their socks off is a sign of I'm home it's the one place that I feel free and you've created that space for your partner to feel free in this space Mm -hmm. so now you're conflicting over something that actually is just a frame of reference thing so that's why I say define terms define your language because whether it's in business or in your personal life just in general you're going to clash over things just because you're not actually saying the same thing but you think you are Mm. Oh my God, Lisa, it was a personal attack when Chris would not get his shorts into the laundry basket to Mm. me. I was like, he must hate me. He disrespects me. I'm like, I don't understand how you just can't. It's next to it. Why can't you put it in? This was a true area in our marriage for a while when I was younger that was like so challenging for me because it felt like disrespect. And you know what? One of the ways that we solved it, (laughs) literally hired a cleaner. Because he could not do it. It just was not in his DNA to get the laundry in the basket. And I resented him so much that we had a conversation and sat down and he was like, look, I don't want to have to be so clean at my house because my level of what I think, what I want in my home is I always want it clean. And he's like, I don't always care if it's clean. So this was a huge spot of contempt for us. And I was like, well, I care. It bothers me. I feel the energy of the stuff on the floor. I don't want it there. It makes me feel chaos. And so we were like, what can we do? We, he was like, we need to hire a cleaner because I need to be able to like have the freedom to be me and not worry. And then you need to feel like you get it your way as well. So it was, can I ask you a question? Yes. Did you feel, because this literally happened with me and Tom, did you feel a little superior about like, wanting it clean and you couldn't believe that he didn't. I guess I do feel that way about like cleanly people. I still, <laughs> but, 
because so here's the thing I laugh about it but this is these are the things that yeah. really can make or break and like a relationship so it's I real. definitely thought of Tom as being a slob yeah totally and I'm just like how can you work like I would literally almost look at that and I didn't mean to until he started to vocal he's like you know your your way isn't right and mine's wrong and I was like what do you mean because <laughs> I was brought up in a house where you always make your bed you always tidy up as soon as you're done eating you clean your plate and you put yep. it away as soon as you're done Tom grew up in a place where he's like yeah leave this this the plate stacked and because he so values time he sees mm-hmm. any amount of cleaning as a literally against his value system because he thinks that it isn't priority. And so if he spends time cleaning, it is actually against his value of making his life productive. And so now we're not just clashing over opinion. It's about his way of va- his value system against my value system. Because I'm exactly like you, Laurie. If the place is messy, I feel chaotic. If I feel chaotic, I can't focus. If I can't focus, I can't get good work done. So I can track it to my performance and he can track it to his performance because he doesn't care. He doesn't feel the chaos. Mm-hmm. And so now, but he does feel the fact that making a bed or picking up his clothes isn't productive. Mm-hmm. And so we had that discussion. It was a value system. It wasn't a, I like it clean. You like it messy. It was, I value this and he valued this, this. And neither is right or wrong. So if mm-hmm. you go, neither is right or wrong. Neither is superior. How do we navigate this together? Because going back to what we said, right? The goal is to have a successful relationship or a successful business or both, right? Obviously or both. Mm-hmm. So now that we know this is a value system, how how do we navigate this so that we both feel respected and we fo- both feel like our values are validated, if you will? Mm-hmm. And so with the cleanliness thing, I gave them a big box. <laughs> that was our solution. So I literally said, babe, here's a big box. And he's like, cool, I'm going to put this box right next to my bed and you can't touch it. And so he just put all this crap in that box. All this crap. And I was yeah. like, the great news is I'd, it's one box and it's over here. And then the other solution was the bed. So the bed was a big one. I wanted the bed made. And he was like, why will I ever make the bed? So I was like, cool. The agreement was, I'll just make the bed. You don't have to do it. But then the problem came. He had to unmake the bed. He was like, now you're making me waste time unmaking the bloody bed because we have our own duvets. Oh, so that we've got our different temperatures and our different ways of sleeping. He puts his duvet over his head. I can't breathe. So anyway, that's why we have different duvets. So now comes the bed making. Now, this is the sort of thing that honestly, Laurie, I hear couples, they get divorced over because you For think sure. it's about making the bed, but it's not. It's, it's not. about the disrespect. It's about the value system. It's about the fact that one, maybe one person always gets their way and the other person feels so dismissed for so long that eventually they're just like hang on a minute when am I actually going to get things my way yeah and so with the bed we literally sat down and said okay how are we actually going to address this because I need it done and I'm never always going to be there before you can you are so we said cool what we agreed on is I can't touch his side of the bed and so what I do, Laurie, is literally you look at our bed and he's got his duvet covers all crumpled up. And then you look at my side of the bed and it's perfectly made. <laughs> and that was our solution. Yep. And so you can see how something that can be silly, we just process, oh, this isn't silly. This is the precisely the thing that in 20 years, people say, they're this and they're that and they're screaming and the love is out of the relationship and you're like how the hell did it happen and you know the answer most people give I blinked and we were like this no no you mm-hmm. didn't blink 
You just didn't pay attention to the fact that these little things that you dismissed as petty were actually the biggest issues that Mm. you should have addressed because it creeps into every area of your relationship. I love that we got to here because honestly, I think that Chris and I started our, we started the foundation of communication through these small things. And the small things at the time were not the small things. They were the big things. Like when we first got married, these were big things that you move in with someone and you're like, oh, I'm really clean. You're messy. My cleanliness is driving you absolutely nuts to the point where you think it's like an actual problem with me. And I think this is a problem, Mm -hmm. a fundamental problem with you. And it, you either feel like you can live with it or there's this, there's this moment. I'm just even trying to remember what made us talk about it. I think it was like, I think ultimately we've always wanted the same vision and that was a conversation we had. So do you remember, Mm -hmm. like, what was the, what do you think is a really good conversation to have to even start working these problems out? Is it like, hey, why don't we define a vision? Or I know even recently we did something super fun, like we did a mission statement for our marriage, not necessarily that you want to do that in the beginning, but it was like, we needed to get on the same page knowing that we could be on different tracks, but on the same page. Oh God. Yeah. A hundred. I actually love that mission statement. Like I think that that's super important to be honest. So I think it becomes a like agreeing on the end goal. So like, and it may, it may sound silly, but we just agreed. We want to grow old together and mm-hmm. happily grow old together. I want to like be on my deathbed and look over him and take my last breath. So yeah. that isn't like a joke. I actually mean that Laurie. And so mm-hmm. if we both mean it, And we both say, just like any business, would a business succeed if you didn't put time, energy and consistency into your business and attention and be willing to hear the hard thing and pivot? Of course, your business would fail. So if my relationship with my husband is the most important thing in my life, why wouldn't I put time, effort and energy into it? figure out what's working, what's not. And so that's where we agreed. I can't remember who said it. It was a guest that actually Tom had on his show once. And they they went to a therapist and because they were having problems in their marriage. And the therapist turned around and said, okay, every relationship is going to take work. Every relationship. So what you need to decide on, is this the person worth working on that relationship with? Oh, so good. It's like so simple. So simple. We just weren't taught that. We just weren't taught that growing up. Like I had never heard that. That's so simple yeah. and amazing. And it, it like it really hit me. I was like, oh, they're right. If you if you can say with utter honesty, I want a happy, successful relationship. Now you know. Now you know. Yes, that means you have to hear the hard things. It means you have to have the hard discussions. It means that you have to be willing to pivot. It means that you have to be willing to evolve. It means you have to be willing to ask each other tough questions that maybe you don't want to hear the answer to. So Tom and I leave ourselves space that probably every six months, at least every year, we have the hard conversations. And we've agreed that we're going to have the hard conversations all the time. And so the hard conversations look like, for instance, what did I used to do for you that you wish I still did? Hmm. What's a habit I've adopted that you don't think serves our relationship? These are hard questions because it's about you. It's about what your partner isn't like happy with in essence. Hmm. But if you agree, going back to what did you agree on? That you want to die together. So you can understand why I actually want to hear the answer. You can understand why I don't get defensive in these conversations because I've decided I need to hear 
criteria in service of having that long-term healthy relationship. So if you're just starting out, it becomes having these discussions. All right, what what are you looking for? Are you looking to die together happy? Are you looking to navigate hardship together? Are you looking, obviously, once maybe you've decided that this is a long-term thing and then saying, so what does that look like? And the funny thing is, Tom and I always say, if you need to use me and Tom as your gateway, you know, like this interview, for instance, if this helps, say, hey, I just really heard a really fascinating interview with Laurie and Lisa. Babe, you got to check it out. Mm-hmm. And this just gives you permission to have that first discussion that then says what works for you. Mm-hmm. But it all comes from, and I'm going to be honest also, this is actually the final thing is, are you with someone that's willing to do the work? Are you with someone that has a growth mindset? Because if you're with someone that has a fixed mindset, they'll dismiss everything we're saying. They'll dismiss everything. They won't be willing to because they can't get out of their own way. They can't get out of their ego. And look, again, no judgment, but it's going to be very difficult to have a conversation with someone if your partner has a fixed mindset. Oh my gosh, this is so good. (laughs) I feel like you guys need to put a place where we can have all of these questions that we can just have a list of questions as conversation starters. Just saying, if you could start, you know, another business. I know you guys aren't busy right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the funny thing is actually, so we actually do have a relationship book questions. And oh God, I wish I had it. I don't know the link. Oh man, this is me. We'll put it in show notes. We're putting it in show notes. So we'll do that. It's literally a free uh, downloadable PDF. That would be amazing if you could put it in the show notes because, and it's in stages. So it goes from, these are really easy questions to ask your partner where no one's going to get defensive. And then it goes into basically the masterclass of questions of like, this is where you ask the questions that you have to work up to it. But yeah, I would love to share that PDF with you guys. Oh, we didn't even know we were going to get this. I know, I didn't, yeah. Perfect <laughs> buildup of a gift at the end. Well, I want it. So I'm going to make sure to follow up. I'm obsessed with questions. They're the gateway to everything that you want in life. They're the gateway mm-hmm. to your highest version of yourself. You just have to make sure you're asking the right questions and the right people. So these questions are so exciting. We'll put them in the show notes. So you guys go down, scroll down. You can see them in the link right there. And Lisa, I'm so grateful for you. Oh my God. Like, okay, you guys, she has an incredible podcast, Women of Impact. Go subscribe, rate, review, do all of the things. But I love your podcast. I've been able to be on it before. And you do. And you're coming on it again. I literally like, yeah. (laughs) Well, when you come into LA, you got to come on again. Well, now that that's out there, we're definitely, we're going to just come up and have some fun. So so I'm so grateful for you. Any any last thing you want to leave everyone with? Just the fact that you're freaking awesome and you know like this friendship over time has really just been so beautiful for me mm. and you know we're under the the growth day network and just loving brendan bashard and really coming together and supporting each other it's so exciting for me and you know thank you for having me on and impacting the world like how you show up every day and I think I said this the last time I was on but like homie I've so admired you as a podcast host like you are the absolute epitome you hold the gold standard and the very first time I came on I was just absolutely shitting myself if I could be honest I think I already said this to you but (laughs) um, I was so damn nervous and so I just want really people to know that who you were, who you are today doesn't dictate the person you can show up to be. And so whether that is in a relationship or whether that's in your business or whether that's as an individual, like know that you can refine your craft, you can get better every single day. Oh, 
Good Lord, I can't even follow that up. That made me teary-eyed. Um, so grateful for you, you guys. Definitely go follow our podcast, go check it out and go get the free gift of questions. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, all I'm so excited to share with you. Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it.